Welcome everybody to episode 168 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben. And I am David. And big news dropped today. Fantastic! Huge news dropped today. Fallout from Gallifrey. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was the 31st Gallifrey convention held in LA in this February, which I was happy enough to attend. And that's where the deal went down. And the deal is? The deal is, is that Mr. Christopher Eccleston, the beloved Ninth Doctor, sadly only of one season on the television, is coming to Big Finish. Yeah, and he's doing 12 more stories with Big Finish spread over four series. So he's effectively going to double his output. Yeah, it's crazy news. Because obviously, as, as everyone knows, the reason why we have a war doctor and that Sir John Hurt got involved with the show, which I've got no quibbles with, to be honest, is because Christopher Eccleston didn't want to be part of the 50th anniversary. He was just not up to it. Mm-hmm. And now he's back. Yeah. My jaw dropped when I saw the news. Yeah, I know. There's been fan rumors circulating, I think, since end of May when there was a leak of Eccleston being a Big Finish contributor. But Big Finish explained it away as a red herring to attract trolls or whatever. But I think think somebody made a mistake. But when the news hit this morning, it just was, whoa, this is... This is Major. as big as them landing Paul McGann way back I thought, in what were you going to 2000. Say as big as them landing on the moon. Which oh, well, weird. no, that moon landing was a little bigger. but Okay. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I, Paul McGann, I mean, I mean, they've had Tennant's been doing them. But then, of course, as we all know, Tennant was a fan since way back and has been doing big finishes like from way back. Yeah, he was in Colditz. Colditz, and he was Luther Arkwright in the Adventures of Luther Arkwright. You know, he's like, yeah, he's been doing it for years. So there's, there's no surprise there. And really no surprise that he got his mate, Catherine Tate, mm-hmm. to be part of it as well, because everyone knows they're best buddies. There's sort of no surprise that Sir John Hurt was involved because, right. you know, he wasn't well and it was a way to keep on acting. And that mm-hmm. made sense. Um, I'm always a little bit surprised that um, Derek Jacobi, Sir Derek Jacobi is involved, but then he's kind of always seems to have been up for anything. So mm-hmm. that's not a surprise. It is a surprise to me that Christopher Eccleston has decided that he wants to be involved. Yeah. So I'm going to quote from the Big Finish news release here that Jason Haig Ellery said, he's the Big Finish chair. I first talked to Christopher about returning to the role of the doctor at Gallifrey One Convention this past February. Christopher said he was enjoying meeting the fans and was pleased that his doctor was remembered so fondly. He indicated he would be open to discussing a project with Big Finish. And then the pandemic happened, and time moved both quickly and very slowly. Over recent months, ideas have been exchanged and discussed, and I'm pleased that Christopher has decided to return to the role with us, and I'm excited to welcome him to the Big Finish family. And we discover the new adventures of the Ninth Doctor. So it was directly that amazing welcome that you and all your fellow Gallifrey One attendees provided Christopher Eccleston back in February, I think tipped him over the edge. And he, he, (laughs) I don't know if it was the parties or the onstage interviews that he went, that he had, or just the outpouring of fan love when they sang happy birthday to him. It, whatever it did, you guys worked magic. Well, as I think, as you can probably remember, listener from my daily on the spot, reports from Gallifrey One. It was actually kind of, I mean, I was, I, I can't remember. Did I know that he was going to be at 
the con when I bought my ticket? No, not before you bought the ticket. No, 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 not but so I but I was delighted that he was going to be there cuz I mean I've kind of been a fan of his since he did that show with Robbie Coltrane when he did Cracker um where he was the kind of Hillsborough um do I mean Hillsborough? Anyway, he was like a, an embittered football fan who was out for revenge for lots of reasons anyway, uh, which he was great in and he was I remember thinking how awesome he was in 28 Days Later. And he's always been just a great, great actor. So again, you know, I was delighted when he was in Doctor Who. And then obviously excited to have some kind of interaction with him at Gallifrey One. Um, I didn't go to any parties because I'm too cheap to <laughs> buy my way into those parties. And, and, and on, re- re- on retrospect, actually having spent more time chatting with people at the con, it's, it actually might be fun to go to one of those things. Anyway, but the things, a couple of things I noticed about Christopher. One, he spent a lot of time with the fans. Yeah. And American fans are, you know, they are in some ways a little bit different from British fans oh. in that they're a lot, they can be a lot more effusive. <laughs> and uh, they don't get to see. I mean, you know, if you live in Britain and you hang out in Salford, like by and large, you'll probably get to bump into Christopher Eccleston at some point. Hmm. If you live in LA, like you're never going to get to see Christopher Eccleston unless you go to Gallifrey One. So, you know, people are, you know, are really wanting to meet people. And I think actually, you know, I think that obviously, I think he's a very meaningful doctor to a lot of people. Um, yeah. And what, again, I noticed is that he spent you know, he wasn't simply just, you know, scribbling his name on a book and next, every fan he spent time with. Mm. Um, in fact, he spent so much time with the fans that the lines for signing were basically out the door and down the block. Um, and that was the reason why actually I didn't get anything signed by him because I just, you know, I didn't want to spend the whole day in a line. It was bad enough lining up to get Pearl Mackey to sign something for me. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. And then he had these two completely packed out sessions in the main hall. So packed out. And again, I lined up for the first session and basically they couldn't fit any, anyone else in. So they did. So they had a second session and I got kind of priority seating for that. So I missed the first session where they sang him happy birthday. But spending an hour with him in the second session is so clear that He's a really honest and genuine and open person who can't really, you know, I mean, a lot of actors, it's all about pretending to be something. And, you know, a lot of British people are, you know, deliberately cynical and jokey. And he's not that at all. And, you know, he was talking about his family and his father and his mother and his children and his problems with anorexia. And he has a new, he has a book out, which, you know, obviously. Yeah, I love the bones of you. Yeah, which, you know, again, you think, oh, he's got a book out. Of course, he's talking about stuff. But you actually really got the impression that he really was ready to talk about a bunch of really difficult things. And a lot of difficult things that were happening at the same time that he was doing Doctor Who. And I think had a lot to do with him leaving the show, to be honest, as well as being this kind of scrupulously honest and open and honorable individual, you know, who, you know, having listened to him and having read the autobiography as well which i now have a copy of Did um you, you got a copy of that yeah i have a copy of that and I, I managed to snag one that was signed i mean i think he did a big book tour in britain so there's actually quite a lot of signed copies out there so mm-hmm. that's um so that's good um and i i can completely believe that you know he would have left that show um that he, you know which he obviously very much enjoyed doing and i think he was very explicit in the interview that i heard at, at gallifrey one that he did the show but a as a favor to 
to Russell and B because he wanted to branch out from these kind of moody, introspective, intense characters that he was always having to play he wanted to do something different and lighter and all that kind of thing but it totally made sense to me that he would someone who would leave a show because he felt that it wasn't being run right and because and people weren't being treated right he's a big union man and you know i can and i you know who knows exactly what happened because i don't think it's still clear but you know he's definitely someone who would walk off a set because the best grip was being mistreated by the director. You know, he's he's that kind of person. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a that's a long kind of description of my experience of him at at Gallifrey. But I mean, I think you know he really had a good time, and he, he you know he was a you know like we were saying last week about Tom Baker. I mean, I think he's he's someone who's who's essentially really quite insecure in many ways, and has had a lot of difficulties with his with his own mental health, and. I think all of that had kind of led to him, you know, not wanting to be involved with the show. Mm-hmm. And I and I think actually, as, as you said, I think, you know, what kind of flipped him in in L.A. was just seeing how how loved he was. And I think, you know, it's 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 your know, fans are weird. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, are. We are. There's, a, we there's are. a lot there's a lot of odd people at something like Gallifrey One. And I think that's fine. And I think they would also recognize their oddness, too, which is also fine. But I think one thing that the best kind of fan is, is they're also very genuine. True. And I think Chris also being a very genuine individual is able to recognize genuineness in others and realize that actually, you know, maybe he left the show because he felt that, you know, there were, there, you know there, were, there were a bunch of phonies at the BBC that he didn't want to work with. And he actually ended up meeting a bunch of very genuine people who really love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And that's not that, you know, he needs people's love to operate in the world. But again, I guess he's such an open and honest and genuine person. My take is that that he that the way that he wanted to return the love that he received in L.A. in February is do some big finish. Mm-hmm. I think it's a testament to the type of organization that Big Finish has put together over the past 20 plus years that they have that integrity, they have that good reputation among the actors, that they're not only a fun place to work, but probably an ethical, a good place to work, and that Eccleston signed on to them. I think it just really underscores, despite how much we rib Big Finish and their uh, perpetual machine-like output, that they treat people right. and Actors love working with them. Exactly. And so... And so you reap what you sow, and thankfully, Big Finish is such a class organization that now we as fans are going to get effectively another series of Christopher Eccleston as Doctor Who, which if you were to ask me what I wanted most in end of 2005, it was Christopher Eccleston coming back for season two. Yeah. So, you know, this is not going to be series two, but we're going to get a whole nother dozen episodes of... Eccleston's doctor you know I'm I'm over the moon with it (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and I think you know you know he had a pretty horrible time in Hollywood you know he was in some really crappy movies gone Mm -hmm. in 60 seconds and that travesty that they made of Susan Cooper's books trying to be the kind of new Harry Potter um Mm -hmm. he was a villain in that so yeah I mean so but and I think again reading the autobiography he's had a horrible time he's had a lot of difficulty in his life and he's you know he's very explicit about his working class background, which is a big deal for a lot of people. It's maybe less of a 
deal in the United States, but it's a big deal in the UK, and especially you come from a place like Salford, and, you know, the, the, his relationship with his father, relationship with his mother, etc., 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 etc. And again, you know, this the singing of happy birthday to him as well, which I think, as I said, he's someone who, he's obviously someone who feels very, 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 very intensely a lot of emotions all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of a cross he's had to bear. I am also excited. I hope they get good writers. <laughs> do you think, <laughs> do you think Russell... Russell T. Davis will maybe maybe they could send him. Russell back again. Who knows? I mean, do, I think. Do you I, think Eccleston would go for that though? Yeah, I think him and Rusty still get on. I think it's. I, I think w- whatever happened, I think it seems to have been dealt with now. Mm-hmm. I I think I saw on Twitter that or something that Nick Briggs is going to write something. A little of bit course. worried about that because I'm not <laughs> a huge fan of Nick's writing, even though obviously he's awesome. You know, Billy has been doing stuff for them. Yes, she has. I would be against there being, you know, a new companion. But I guess, I don't know, it's maybe easier to do these things in lockdown. Now that they've actually spent six months or however hell long it's been, you know, working on lockdown remote recording, that, you know, maybe they can get Billy and Chris and Camille Cordry and the whole gang back together again. I'm hoping they're going to get Noel Clark back. Yeah, I mean, Noel Clark's a busy man. You know, right. he's a film producer and director and writer. But as said, you know, it may actually be easy. They may have, they may have got it so locked down this remote recording thing that people can actually do it over Zoom or whatever, and and it works. So I mean, people don't have to travel to the studio. And I mean, I guess you know it's harder for actors because maybe they can't bounce stuff off each other better. But I am worried that they will try and. I mean, just thinking about that first season like where the gaps are hmm. and i hope they don't try and drop in and like some kind of new companion it's it's really it's got to be rose to be honest in my opinion i think it could be rose it could be mickey i think what you can do you can do some pre-rose stories if you want if you can't book billy for all 12 stories uh, some time war stuff that will be well i don't know if you can have time has it been established that he that the Eccleston Doctor comes right out of the day of the Doctor, right after the Time War when Hurt regenerates into him? I think the jury's still out on that one because, yeah, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then I guess the great, you know, the good thing about the Time War and also the bad thing about the Time War is it's a Time War. So actually nothing really has to make sense. So my thinking is if you can't get Billy for the whole production block that you would have some between the day of the doctor and rose some one-off episodes where it's either uh eccleston and the talking cabbage effectively or eccleston and a new companion <laughs> or... k9 <laughs> maybe <laughs> but uh but then you uh then finish up with uh, the finale and stuff and i would be reluctant to have anything with cybermen anything with daleks in because Daleks are so interwoven into series one with uh, Dalek and then um, Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways that I'm not sure how you weave in more Dalek stuff. Uh, I'll just remind you, Nick Briggs is writing some of it. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. (laughs) We'll we'll be lucky. Lucky if we don't get Daleks. You know, I wonder if they will try to bring back some of the original writers of that season, like, like Davis or... I would imagine Mark Gatiss would want another crack at the whip to write for him. He's such a talent that you could even see Moffat going, well, you know, I have a story kicking around. 
And Empty Child was where Eccleston himself started really liking the character, liking where it was yeah. going. So, yeah, maybe Moth will write something. Who knows? Uh, a Return of Adam, maybe. Mm, I could do without, but <laughs> I mean, he was a kind of an under. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not neither in favor nor not in favor. But you know, that's a a character who didn't really fully live up to his kind of. Potential, I mean, as as is, has been evidenced by his use in comic books. Well, Adam was an invention, I believe, of RTD, but it was Rob Shearman who brought him to life. And he, I believe, Rob Shearman uh, said Adam is more or less him in many ways. <laughs> oh, really? I haven't read that. I, I think so. Maybe I'm misre- falsely remembering, but... Uh, uh, I Rob Shearman is another writer who hasn't written for Who for a long time, and I know he. I mean, all these all these writers have gone on and have their own careers, and this was 15 years ago, and a lot has happened in 15 years. But they're a little vague in the Big Finish press release, and generally, Big Finish doesn't announce something until they have it in the can. Because True. life happens and things happen. So maybe it's already been done. That would be my thought is maybe they've already got these recorded and it wasn't until they have the final episode recorded. If it happened in February, if they kind of came to understanding in February, that's a March, April, May, June, July. So that's five months to get their act together, get scripts, get writers uh, ready to go. I think you would go with the best voices that you have, and maybe it's their current stable of writers. I don't know. I just hope the stories do justice to Eccleston's Doctor. Yeah, I mean, do, do, do you think we'll get some multi-Doctor action? Uh, I don't think so, I, I, unless they sneak them in into the Timeler mm. Victorious storyline that you're going to do. Oh God! Maybe they're going to sneak him into Time Lord Victorious. God, what a nightmare! I'm. Are you? Are you following that at all? Are you going to do any of that Time Lord Victorious uh, stuff? Probably not on the. Fir- it's too much. For not me. on the first uh, outing, to be honest with you. I. I just. Yeah, I, really. I'm going to wait till the price comes down a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's. I can't stand these multi-platform stories. It's a thing that you know comic books are always doing. It's like just have one thing that i have to buy i don't want to have to buy a hundred different things well the eccleston series is going to be 78 pounds 78 dollars to buy them in audio download and and more expensive than that i think uh i looked at 32 dollars a cd set per series yeah, so makes sense yeah it, it's going to be a pricey one i will be springing for the uh download digital download versions of them I'll be going for the CDs. Obviously, I think one would want to get the first set and yeah. check it out, and then we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, I've I've so much committed to the physical things that I find it very hard not to get the actual CDs. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we'll do a review then of them here on Metabulous Two because the first tranche is supposed to be released in May of next year. It's May of next year. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Good. Are they available for for pre order on the website then? They are. Go figure, huh? <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, yeah. I will have to nip over there this evening. Do you do anything for a vinyl? Because they're doing all of them in vinyl. No, I don't. I mean, Amanda, my my lovely wife, has a record player, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I, so no, I'm not. I'm not really a vinyl person. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of stuck with CDs now, to be honest. I mean, I haven't don't have the patience to do the whole vinyl thing, and that whole like buy it on vinyl. It's like really, <laughs> I want the soundtrack to like so that I can actually watch. Like on just because the vinyl's all brightly colored. Nope. 
yeah. not going to happen for me. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you draw the line at some physical media. I do draw the line at some. <laughs> I, I mean, you, I mean, you have to draw the line somewhere at this point, haven't you? Really. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is this is exciting news. I just, I, I, I guess the thing that's telling me that it is going to be done right is that I don't think Eccleston would let them do it wrong. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's been in some real dogs in terms of movies, but I think really that's more to do with his mental state than wanting to be in doggy movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's, you know, I think he realizes what a special character he made. Uh, and I, I would hope and I would think and I would expect that he would, would be protect. He would be protective of that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I believe he will. Yeah, so do I. So looking at the physical media, if you're to order them from the States, it's 115 dollars for the bundle plus 30 31 dollars here and shipping so it's uh (laughs) it's a few college textbooks (laughs) okay i'm gonna have to look i'm gonna have to closely at that with the daughter going away to college but anyway we will see we will see download is a little more affordably priced at uh 78 dollars yeah what do, what do you say the physical one, one was again? 100 and, 114 plus 30 plus dollars shipping. Yeah. Maybe I can get them shipped to the UK. Probably cheaper there. Anyway, all of these things are possible. But yes, we <laughs> will be, I think, ex- being excited to review this new season of Christopher Eccleston mm-hmm. on this very podcast. Yep. I think this is going to drop before Series 13. So it's a great way of filling our life with more hooey goodness absolutely absolutely hooey hooey goodness <laughs> goodness well yeah big news it's funny I, I, again looking at people would over the weekend have been dropping kind of like hints as everyone always does on twitter like i know something that you don't know great um so there's a lot of oh missing episodes blah 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 um i don't think anyone was expecting christopher eccleston to do big finish so that's good mm-hmm it can only be a matter of time now before Smith and Capaldi. I think Capaldi will jump on it before Matt Smith does. Yeah. Does, is Matt Smith against the idea? What's the deal with Matt Smith? Do you be you got any inside information there? No, I think he's just busy being a young actor in demand. That is fair. That is fair. Um, and I guess Amy Pond is is also a big Karen a, Gill. Big, a big deal in terms of Hollywood yep. and being in the Marvel franchise and. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the challenge is, I mean, the more, the you know, the better actors you get, the harder it is to get them to do things. Hmm. I'm not sure that, that they're better actors. I think they're young and in demand. Yeah. And Eccleston is, I'm guessing he's late 50s now? Yeah, I think he is. And yeah. Capaldi is still in demand too. So like Haig Ellery said, the pandemic made things move faster and slower in right. some ways like you hypothesized, it might have created a hole in Eccleston's schedule. You know, there's no theater going on. There's no theater. Example. You know, there's not a lot of TV being made. Right. You know, the next season for Doctor Who, you know, who knows what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone like Matt Smith is kicking around going like, I've got nothing to do right now. I mean, I've got plenty of money because, you know, I'm a famous actor. But, you know, I want to, I want to be acting, doing things. Maybe I'll do Doctor Who with Big Finish. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll get a multi-story, multi-Doctor story out of Big Finish before we get it out of the TV. Who knows? That might have been part of the contract, too. No multi-Doctor stories. Yeah, for that's true. No Eccleston. multi-Doctor. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that Big Finish has used this 
pandemic opportunity to record more Frobisher adventures because what yes. we really need is more Frobisher. More Frobisher. More yep. Frobisher. We need more Frobisher. We want a we want a Frobisher K9 team up. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, probably not. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Yeah. What was that? Hang on, what was I reading that they've got another even more? Oh yeah, they. Sorry, it's just I've just kind of finished reading the latest edition of Doctor Who magazine, and I was uh, something I hadn't actually realized was happening. So there's a whole Rory series that they're doing now, like oh, Lone, really? Cent- Lone Centurion box sets okay. of like I don't know Rory Rory Williams throughout history, which I mean Martha Darville's a great actor, but it's like wow, okay, yeah, I guess. Oh, what's her? Is it Crump? Crump on history? Oh, uh, uh, Kunk. 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 Philomena Kunk. And who's the actress? Um, it is Diane Morgan. <laughs> so, blah, 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 blah. so Diane Morgan, Kunk on history, is also a big Finnish actor, and she's acted with Tom Baker. I wonder if it they would do a Kunk on history, uh, Rory, Rory, the cent- long centurion work. through history, a that kind of work. a mashup. Yeah, she's hilarious. I love her stuff. Mm-hmm. And she, I think, I think those were written by, those are written by, um, yeah, Charlie Brooker started writing that kunk stuff with her. But yeah, they're superb. I mean, they're such a great um, takedown of BBC documentary style. That's um, they're they're excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's exciting news. Exciting news for Doctor Who fans the world over because mm-hmm. we love we love Christopher Eccleston. Yes. And, and we and we we're sorry that he wasn't well, mm-hmm. and we're glad he's feeling better, and we want him back on our favorite TV show. Yeah, and I'm so thankful and so grateful to the warm reception that you and all the attendees of Gallifrey One Thirty One provided for Mr. Eccleston that I think tipped the scales in our favor. So well, well as I good, said, good we job are, on you. <laughs> well, we're warm and genuine people. We actually do like this show, even though. <laughs> <laughs> to look at social media, it's like, actually, do we like this show? Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think, obviously, if you sprung money to go to L.A., you, yeah. you obviously, you do like yeah. the show. Yeah, 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 you're not some jerk on Twitter. Even though we have issues, even with our favorite seasons, like season 15 or other yeah. seasons, we still like this show. and We do, we do like the show, we, yeah. And we still like Doctor Who. <laughs> you, know, you know what I want to have? I want to have a team up with the Ninth Doctor and the Ruth Doctor. Mm. Of big finish. That would work well, go. I think. I think it would work great. Yeah, that's the multi doctor story I'm after. Joe Martin and Christopher Eccleston, the two doctors traveling through time, solving crimes together. <laughs> crime doctor, crime Mark. doctor. Yeah, crime traveler. That's it. Crime traveler. Crime traveler. That. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, that was actually a TV show. Crime, crime oh, was traveler. It? Mm, okay. Didn't yeah, know it was. That. Yeah, it was a it was an awful. It was when it was. I remember it really. It was on BBC One, and it really irritated me because it was like, why don't you just make Doctor Who? <laughs> it was a cross between Doctor Who and Quantum Leap. Basically, it was all that was bad about Quantum Leap and all that's bad about Doctor Who. And they all see also solved crimes in history. It was dreadful. Look it up on the interwebs. It's it's truly ghastly. In fact, I'm going to look it up right now. Just to remind me how much I disliked it. Anyway. How many podcasts were with uh, Crime Traveler? Exactly. Exactly. Crime Traveler. Here, Crime Traveler television series. Crime Traveler is a 1997 science fiction detective television series produced by Carnival Films for the BBC based on the... (laughs) I love Wikipedia. uh, Based on the premise of using time travel for the purpose of solving crimes. Hmm. 
Anthony Horowitz, who's usually pretty good, devised the show and um, wrote all the episodes. Despite having over 8 million viewers on a regular basis, Crime Traveler was not reviewed after its first series because, according to Horowitz, there was a chasm at the BBC created by the arrival of a new head of drama and our our run ended at that time. Time Lords, strike again. Jeff Slade, Hmm. the Crime Traveler. So... I misspoke. Anyway, that it, yep. Diane Morgan didn't appear with Tom Baker in Big Finish. She appeared with Baffle Gab in the Paul Mars Baker's End series. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. So yeah, so those BBC ones. No, so no. not the, those Nest Cottage. No, not ones Nest Cottage. No, 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 no. This is Baker's oh, okay. End. Something this different. is not Doctor Who at all. This is. Uh, this is basically Mars Mars Ash whimsy. Yeah, Baker's End is a. Yeah, well, it starts out all these actors are in this town for Tom Baker's funeral, but he's not really dead. And then they kind of get sucked into a fairy tale land. It's uh, hard to describe it. It's 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 kind of I haven't really gotten into them. No, they sound awful. I'm going to avoid okay. them. I mean, I like Paul Mars. I'd like what he, I mean, you know, I he has a perfect right to do what he does. I he's the level of whimsy in his writing is too much for me, and I, I can't stand it, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. It, by and large, I mean, I like some of the things that he's done, but I'm not a big fan of whimsy, and he, he's a big fan of whimsy. Yeah, so Tom basically stars as himself in these stories. And yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and they're, and they're okay. come from the imagination of uh, Paul Mars. So yeah, good on him. Make of it what you will. Indeed, indeed. Right. Well, goodness, I'm going straight to the internet after this and see what I can bear to pre-order at this stage. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have $100. I'll have to run it by the accountants here. Yes. But we'll see what happens. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's it's all tax deductible, of course, because it's towards the the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Is that that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. (laughs) That's how it works in the Bob's home world. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, the IRS will look, will, will look very fondly on us doing that, mm. wouldn't they? Yeah, anyway. mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 168 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been celebrating the return of Christopher Eccleston to Doctor Who with Ben. And I have doing doing exactly the same thing with David. <laughs> All right, until episode 169, when we will pick back up with the Key to Time series. Fantastic. Farewell. Farewell.